Can I start off by saying to everyone, it's already been said, but from Michelle and I, Merry Christmas to you all. Do you know, when you talk to people about Christmas, they tend to fall into two different categories. We have some people that actually love Christmas. They love this time of year and they get all excited. And then we have other people, not so much. But do you know what I find interesting is this? Even though some people don't like Christmas that much, generally our society is different at this time of year. It seems to be more cheerful. There seems to be a buzz around the place. For most people, this time of year is still a very special time. Most people change at this time of year and get caught up in what we call the Christmas spirit. For most people, Christmas at this time of year is a very special and wonderful time. A time for family to come together, a time for the giving and receiving of gifts, a time to sing songs we only sing at this time of year, a time of lights and celebrations, a time of doing some traditions that have always been done at this time of year, and it's also a time to stop and reflect on the year's past activities. All of these are part of this thing that we call the Christmas spirit. All of these things make our society and people around us different at this time of year. That's why what I'm about to say is very sad. In around 14 hours, Christmas will be all over again for another year. The presents would have all been opened, the food would have all been eaten, the carols would have all been sung. When you go to bed tonight, lay your head on your pillow and fall asleep. When you wake up tomorrow, Christmas 2022 will be nothing more than a memory. Yet, don't get too sad, because it's only 14 weeks until we celebrate Easter. Yes, today we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, but in 102 days, we stop to remember and celebrate his death and his resurrection. Now, you may think this is a really strange thing to be saying on Christmas Day, but I want to paint that picture in your mind. Because today I want to think about this very topic. How far is it from Christmas to Easter? How far is it from Bethlehem to Calvary? How far is it from the cradle of Jesus Christ to the cross of Jesus Christ? Now, depending on who you ask, you'll get a different answer. Because you could go to some different people and they would tell you different things. Let's say if we went to the Middle East and we asked a tour guide, Geographically, how far is it from Bethlehem to Calvary? Chances are, he would say to us, well, geographically, it's a lot closer than you may think. If you were in Bethlehem and if you would walk down the road northeast, you'd only have to walk about eight kilometres to the city gates of Jerusalem. So from the sleepy little town of Bethlehem where you had the cradle of Christ, it's really just under a two-hour walk to the bustling streets of Jerusalem where you had the cross of Christ. Wow, that's close. That's only like three kilometres more than walking to the end of Army Road. So the tour guide would be right. Geographically speaking, it's not very far at all from Bethlehem to Calvary. What if you would ask someone else? What if you met a historian? Historically speaking, how far is it from Bethlehem to Calvary? He too might give you the same response. Historically, it's a lot closer than you may think. When you take the history from Bethlehem, where we had the cradle of Jesus Christ, to Jerusalem, where we had the cross of Jesus Christ, 
This is nothing compared to the millenniums we've had in our time and in our world. In reality, it's only a short 33 years from Bethlehem to Calvary. That's a relatively short period of time. Historically, it's not far from Bethlehem to Calvary. It's only something of a short lifetime, 33 years, in fact, where we go from dimples and stubby fingers to blood-stained cheeks and nail-pierced hands. Well, what if we were to approach one more person? What about a theologian? How far is it theologically from Bethlehem to Calvary? What do you think their answer would be? I suspect their answer would be just the same as the other two. Theologically, it's a lot closer than you may think. He would say, theology teaches us that baby Jesus from Bethlehem grew up, the child became a toddler, a preschooler, a school-aged child, a teenager, an adult. And then as adult, he was crucified on the cross at Calvary where he died for you and me. So theologically speaking, it's a very short part of our scriptures from the starlit eastern sky of Bethlehem to the darkened midnight sky of Jerusalem. It's only a few short pages in such a big book between the singing angels and cursing soldiers. It's just a few stories from the tears of joy at the cradle of Christ to the tears of grief of the cross of Christ. It's just a few short years from Jesus being wrapped in baby blankets to him being wrapped in the crown of thorns. So geographically, historically, and theologically, it's just a short distance from Bethlehem to Calvary. But here's my second question for today, and this, I think, is one of the most important questions you should ask yourself on Christmas Day. If it's such a short distance from Bethlehem to Calvary, why don't so many people make the trip? Why don't so many people connect the two dots? Why don't so many people bring them together? What do I mean? How come we have this thing called the Christmas spirit where it seems everybody loves Christmas, this very special and wonderful time of the year that comes with bright lights, upbeat music and gifts in pretty paper, but we don't see the same devotion at Easter? As I said, geographically, historically and theologically, it's just a short distance from Bethlehem to Calvary. Why don't we see so many people make that trip and connect the two? Well, I think there's a great reason. You see, the message of Bethlehem is a safe message. The birth of Christ's child is a safe and a nice message. The message of Bethlehem is safe. People love talking about babies and being born. Anyone, you could do that all day. The message of Bethlehem is so safe that even though most people want nothing to do with Jesus anymore, we still see nativity scenes in shopping malls and in front yards. Michelle and I went to um, the city a couple of weekends ago when we saw the Mayan windows because we used to take our kids there. The first window is still the nativity scene. Why? Because it's safe to do that. But could you imagine them doing Easter windows? Could you imagine putting a bloody Jesus on a cross in the windows? You never see that in our streets lit up. You never see that at Easter time. The message of Bethlehem is so safe that you can still walk into a supermarket or a shopping centre. And this again happened at Myers and David Jones, where they play carols over their PA systems. 
with the safety of Christmas, with the niceness of Christmas, with everyone feeling merry. They have no problem playing songs like Silent Note or Come All Ye Faithful and Away in a Manger. They have no problems that you walk into their stores and you hear words like God and sinners reconciled. Jesus Christ, our Saviour, was born upon this day to save poor souls from Satan's power and Christ is the Lord. They have no problem playing that because it's safe. But you'll never walk in at Easterheim and hear there is power in the blood or when I survey the wondrous cross or are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? These words never come out of PA systems at Easter. The message of Bethlehem is so safe that people who give very little attention to God and the church pay a great deal of attention to Christmas. Even though some people don't attend a Christmas service, don't read the Christmas story, when it comes to this Jesus' birth side of Christmas, for them, Christmas, that side of it has no real meaning at all. They don't really care about that side of Christmas. But these same people still rush about their business to do Christmas. They go here, they go there, they put up trees, Christmas lights, they buy and wrap presents, they cook a meal like no other time of the year. So a lot are not opposed about the real meaning of Christmas. They will still come and celebrate it because it's safe. But they just don't really care. They'll get a few days off work, have a nice dinner, spend some time with family and get some presents. That's all it really is. That's why I say when you put all these things together, when you look around our world at Christmas time, even though it's only a short distance from Bethlehem to Calvary, when we look around us, they are worlds apart. They are miles apart. Many have never gone that eight kilometres down the road. Many have never connected the dots. Many people are content to stay in Bethlehem staring and just what that, he, that chorus says, adoring the baby. A lot of people are there to adore him, but that's all. Sadly, this is, uh, there's so much waiting for them just eight kilometres down the road. People there have never lived or connected the cradle of Christ with the cross of Christ. They don't really care that Christ was born. They don't care that he lived for 33 years. They don't care that he died on a cross for them. They don't care that on the third day he rose from the dead. They're happy to stay in Bethlehem talking about babies because that's the Christmas spirit and that's why it's a safe message. Do you know the message of Jesus in the cradle at Bethlehem is safe because of this. It makes no demands on our life. It doesn't really change people. However, the message of Jesus on the cross at Calvary, just eight kilometres down the road, is a very different story. Calvary makes demands on our life. For us to be willing to travel from Bethlehem to Calvary, for us to be willing to do that eight kilometres, means you've got to get a change in your life. Do you know, I've been here for 10 months now and I'm sure you've picked up Sometimes I think and I see things from outside the square. Sometimes I'm a bit backwards. It's my Queensland in me. But I'm the same with the, with the Christmas story. I often tell people, you know, I see a great miracle in the Christmas story. But it has nothing to do with stars. It has nothing to do with angels. It has nothing to do with shepherds. I say the miracle I see in the Christmas story involves a 14-year-old girl named Mary. 
to which most people naturally say to me and always respond, ah, you're talking about um, the Immaculate Conception. And I say, no, that's great. But, you know, I say, I think there's even bigger, greater miracle from this 14-year-old girl. Do you have any 14-year-old girls? Anyone 14? No one. Okay, imagine if you were 14. You've got your life ahead of you, right? Chances are, if you're 14, you're going to go to school next year, you're going to play some sport. And then someone out of the blue comes and says, oh, guess what? You've been blessed by God. You're going to have a baby. How are you going to go home and tell mum and dad? Imagine a 14-year-old girl going home and telling mum and dad. I've worked in high school and I've raised two kids. Most 14-year-old girls don't think too well. I find it sad that we lose the fact that Mary was 14. She was a child. She wasn't some elderly lady. Here we have a 14-year-old girl at Bethlehem. An angel comes to her and says to her, you found favour with God, you're going to have a baby. At Bethlehem, her life was changed forever that day. She knew every moment from that day on would be changed. And yet for me, it is what happens next where we see the greatest miracle of Christmas. For me, one of the best miracle verses we have in the whole Christmas story is Luke 1, 38. This is Mary's response. This is a 14-year-old girl speaking to the angel after being told she was pregnant. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Wow. You had daughters, 14-year-old daughters? Wow. You know, if I was to paraphrase this passage, I'd put it like this. Mary said this, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm willing to accept and do whatever he wants. And not that she realised it or knew it at the time. She's saying, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm willing to go that eight kilometres from Bethlehem to Calvary. You see, Mary's service was not half-hearted, I promise. It wasn't a part-time commitment. The Bible makes that clear. She was 100% committed to God and to the child that she was going to have. She was 100% committed in her life to follow no matter what this God of hers asked. She was 100% committed to go from Bethlehem to Calvary, and she did it. As a 14-year-old in Bethlehem, she was there at the cradle of Jesus Christ. And as a 47-year-old, she was there at the foot of Christ. This Christmas, I trust you will bring to Jesus Christ the one gift that he's looking for more than any other. And no, it's not a bike. The gift which you can say the same thing that Mary did in Luke 1.38. Regardless of what he comes and says to you today, tomorrow, next week, next year, regardless of what he comes and asks of you, you can look at him and be like that 14-year-old girl. I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. I am the Lord's servant. I am willing to go eight kilometres from Bethlehem to Calvary. For sure, 
what we celebrate today is the birth of Jesus Christ at Bethlehem. It is God becoming flesh. But I think we should never forget Bethlehem or Christmas Day is pointless without Easter. It is pointless without Calvary. And Easter and Calvary lose all its meaning if God had not chosen to enter the world as a baby at Bethlehem and live as a man. After all, Bethlehem, what we celebrate today, holds the promise of eternal life. But in Calvary, we see the gift of eternal life. Give God that gift today. Say to him, I am willing, I am yours, I am willing to do whatever you will. It is only when we are completely sold out to him that we are able to make that trip from Bethlehem to Calvary. Merry Christmas to you all. Have a great day doing whatever you do, but never forget what we celebrate today and why.